Jump. Three, two, one, action. edition to be dropped later this evening on today's show we have some cool topics we are obviously going to touch on since we didn't do it thursday at all the super bowl <laughs> i can't believe we did that <laughs> um yeah the patriots real barn burner 13 to 3 against the rams we'll talk about that a little bit we'll also talk about uh this Kristaps and donchant situation and dallas i'm really excited about i want to talk a little bit about the all-star game and then there's been some moves with bryce harper he hasn't officially signed nope but dropping some inklings of hints which i want to get to today yeah, his um, one tweet yesterday really threw me off, but we'll get to that yep. in a later time. Touch that at the end, guys. As we <laughs> normally do before the show, make sure you head over to thoughtsfromthebench.com. We have new blogs up every day from all of our guys. Plus, we just started the official Thoughts from the Bench House Cup. Support your house, support your blogger, uh, and the loser. There will be something else, but I definitely think we'll make him have a Thoughts on the Bench tattoo, and we'll record <laughs> it for video. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll get it. I'll get it with the loser because technically I'm not a part of the competition, <laughs> um, and I've I've made it so I'm not a part of the competition because then I would just not post anyone else's things, and it looks bad if the guy posting everything and scheduling everything like because potentially there's going to be some arguments like josh is like was well, it today should i write an article today and i said <laughs> you should write an article when you have an article yeah like don't sandbag an article you douchebag although low-key i would appreciate it if your first tattoo was the thoughts from the bench one it will be that'll be it'll be that'll be, be good tattoo. yeah announcing it here first we will have a thoughts on the bench tattoo party whenever the house cup is done um, that'll be fun yeah so let i mean it, yeah, it'll be something. It'll be something. Fun is fun is a word that Greg uses here. I use the word something. Um, but let's get into it, Greg. What did you think about the game yesterday? Uh, me and you had this interesting conversation beforehand where, to the casual average fan, it was probably an extremely boring game. That's that's yeah, probably the absolutely. general. That's I guarantee you. That's probably the general consensus about the the Twitterverse that was going on during the game. But um. For me, I, I appreciated the the very little subtleties of how hard it was to coach against each yeah. other. Uh, yeah. Sean, Sean McVay came out afterwards of the game and said he he was frankly he was outcoached, and I mean that that's very that's fair. He takes credit for more things than NFL coaches do nowadays. Yeah, that's that's true. Like I like him a lot for that kind of stuff. I, I do too. I I will. I don't want to say he was necessarily outcoached. More so, I, I think it was just. Uh, I think like, it was. W- I mean, watching that game though, man, there was a lot of things that Sean McVay just didn't have any control over. Like Jared Goff played one of the worst games I think he's se- I've seen him. play Yeah, in a but long it time. also is because he was outcoached. Like the the ability for the Patriots defense from last year to literally go from we were torched by a backup quarterback named Nick Foles to right. go this year where they let. The second, what is it? The second best offense by metrics in the NFL this year behind the Chiefs, yep. and the second best scoring offense of like all time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they were putting up an average of thirty-two and a half or thirty-two point nine points per game, which right. is absolutely insane. And then they're held to three points by a defense that played kind of up and down all year, but really they saved Tom Brady the sixth ring, and it's amazing. What's really weird about the Patriots' defense is that that's kind of been their mo throughout the 
the last like so and so years. Like they never really start off strong. They always kind of you know I don't want to say they sleepwalk, but they kind of you know struggle oh, yeah. through certain games. And then they, I mean, they're one of those defenses that are willing to give up the yards. But in terms of the scoring, I think they take a lot of pride in that. Well, and, and you look at the situation of the understanding that. Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards last year. It yep. was one of the greatest quarterback performances in Super Bowl we've ever seen. Right. And this year, he didn't have to do that because the defense was elite. You know what's weird? This is kind of the polar opposites when it comes to the Super Bowl performances. Last year, we saw one of the yes. craziest offensive games that we probably will ever see, and it was extremely exciting. This was a complete chess, piece, chess match. Honestly, it was. And... and Hats off to the Patriots because you know Belichick had some sort of game plan going in to try to figure out how to stop that Rams offense. Because looking at the Rams offense in this game, Goff did not look comfortable at all in the pocket. Todd Gurley was honestly a non-factor throughout that entire Which game. Which I, I don't. That 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 brings up a lot of questions. How injured is he? Because don't get me he wrong. He claims he wasn't injured. Yeah, but he was. Like, because, okay, despite the fact that C.J. Anderson was good was. in their past couple games, like, mm-hmm. has been amazing, despite the fact that... It was like he, a little bowling ball going through the but it's just it, nice. it's just, if you're not going to use both of them, like, in in a way that complement each other, like, and, and there's a lot of ups and downs, because their offense really never got rolling. Like, the best chance they had to score was obviously that bomb to Cooks that, for some reason, McCourty came across blue coverage um, like that yeah, was the most blown coverage i've ever seen mccordy yeah. saved a super bowl yeah M- mccordy was probably the villain the villain and also the hero in that instance that is insane he ruined it's that insane. entire thing cooks was wide open if golf throws that two seconds quicker boom done he's good to go oh yeah. and it's just wild to consider the fact that a blown coverage play got saved because belichick's guys were ready for it it's 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 stupid one, i hate it one thing you can say about belichick's guys there there's nothing really about them that's going to overly impress you like the McCordys have been consistent I throughout mean, the years but they're not they're not like one of those jamie elite... collins jamie collins isn't there no i'm saying oh you're saying just this defense i'm, I, I thought you were saying, this defense. I'm sorry i thought you said belichick's defensive players like of recent but i, I know no, no, i see like, what you mean like like looking at like the main guys that like off the top of my head i can think of you know trey flowers dante hightower patrick chung who gilmore 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 is an elite corner that's yeah that's true i guess but i will say McCordys are average above average mm-hmm. um Great work ethics, good players. You know, obviously they're in the pros. Patrick Chung is good, but I think he's good because he's a Patriot, if right. that makes sense. Hightower's obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have – don't they have Danny Shelton? Yeah, they have Danny Shelton. That's another big name. But I, what you're saying is the way they play is better than who they are. Absolutely. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's just that – it's just their entire game plan. And it's, the, and it's credit to Belichick for essentially just implementing a system and then letting them – work to their best abilities that's why they've always had so such a rotating you know staff when it comes to defensive coaches and everything which by the way brian flores defensive coordinator after having yeah, an amazing dude. defensive performance Ugh. in this super bowl is now going to be the head well, coach of the miami and Dolphins. what i think is funny about flores is no one really knew his name Mm-mm. outside of new england until the dolphins were looking at him and then you look at this game and you're like shit yeah like okay they're not bringing back the cocaine guy, but like I like this head coach. There's a great story about Brian Flores too, if you ever look it up. He um, apparently was injured before he got a chance to play in the NFL, and it ruined his chances. So the Patriots hired him as a scout, and he worked his way up to being the defensive Damn. coordinator. He also grew up in the same neighborhood that Mike Tyson grew up in, which was supposedly a very, very crime-riddled area in New York. That's awesome. Yeah. So like this is a this is a great story of a guy who's a hard worker, and I think will add some much much needed discipline to the dolphins yeah so it, for the super bowl itself like 
It's so funny because everyone was like, man, that's the most boring game ever. And on the top level, it absolutely was so boring. But it's so boring because of the genius of McVeigh and Belichick. Like, mm-hmm. punch for punch, round for round. Like, everything you saw out there was either counteracted or was a triple counter based on something they saw. Right. Like, it really was amazing. But I do wish the Rams offense would have been just a little bit better, man. Like, uh, it's bad when Johnny Hecker steals the show. Yeah. The greatest punter <laughs> of a generation at this point. Um, oh, my God, dude was dropping dimes yeah. out there. But, I, yeah. I was also thrown off by the very end of the game where Greg Zerline actually missed a field goal. Yeah, <laughs> I was more thrown off at Goskowski missing that first one because That's that ridiculous. was very reachable for him. I thought run. Goskowski was going to get benched after that miss. I thought he was getting cut <laughs> mid-game, putting Gronk, he'll cook. Speaking of which, Gronkowski to the like to the goal line that got them that touchdown, mm-hmm. unbelievable. How, that has to be one of the top plays because of just the ability for Gronk to walk anymore. You gotta get, I got to give credit to Gronkowski. As much of a personality I, I hate and as a Steeler fan I hate, he ha- his body just had to be breaking down all oh, year. I love him. Because he he was not the same Gronk this year. Nah, it's dude. not even close. Nah, he's been a shell of himself. He's been better this year than he has been in recent years, but he's not as dominant. And I think, I don't know, it, I mean, I, it, I'm done saying the Patriots are about to be done because right. it's just exhausting. But you look at their team and you're like, there's no way. I mean, but it's, do you know the aggravating part? The real aggravating part right. is that I saw a tweet from NFL Update who I've watched their account go from like, hundred followers to hundred thousand. It's a, they're they're the best Twitter account I follow from not a person perspective. Okay, but they sent it out. They said, "Look, Julian Edelman four game suspension." Um, and we'll talk about certain things later with that name because there's yeah. a BS allegation out with him. Um, but Julian Edelman, he had his four game suspension. Right. Josh Gordon, they trade for him suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their first round draft pick Isaiah Wynn tear his ACL, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he missed the entire season. Mm-hmm. And you look at other situations they've had. They've had injury here, injury there, just mismanagement. Sony um, Michelle missed the beginning Sonny of the year. Sony Michelle had to get his two. leg yeah. drained every freaking week, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead is a walking injury report. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Hogan couldn't catch something in the first four games to save his life. Nope. Um, they really don't have any other receivers, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's just – it's just – it's literally – we just got to wait till they're done. It, it doesn't even speak to the talent. It just speaks to the game plan. Yes, exactly. And it, and it speaks to the system around it. Belichick literally just implemented this system that you can essentially replace anyone with anyone, and somehow, some way, they're going to find a way to win. Yeah. And it, if you want to use Brady as an example of it, I mean, the only year that Brady missed – the Patriots were 11 and five and they got robbed out of a playoff spot because they had like a bad, I think like a tiebreaker scenario or something like that. They could have easily made a run that year too. So honestly, I give credit where credit is due. Belichick is easily the greatest coach ever. Yeah. He's won six Super Bowls. And then also, and then if you want to go into even further detail about that, he was a defensive coordinator for the giants when they won their Super Bowls too. So in terms of coordinating, in terms of coaching, Belichick's the best coach ever, yeah. and he's not. And I want to point this out too because my dad and I have talked about this for years. We were watching um, CBS in the morning where they had some sports writer on talking about how um, Belichick is Darth Vader and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He, he he's ain't Palpatine. Darth, he, he's Palpatine. Yeah, Tom he's Brady's ab- Darth Vader. Yeah, Tom Brady's absolutely Darth Vader. So or Gronk is because they're both half robot. I mean, he's not for the sake of the movie, but he is for the sake of robots. That that's a valid point. So. I wanted to bring up this Edelman thing because a lot of people are like, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer? Mm. This, okay, so I'm going to read you stats from a gentleman that is not a Hall of Famer. Okay. 545 receptions, okay. 7,300 yards, 45 touchdowns, and 127 games. 
Edelman, 614 receptions, 6,800 yards, 35 touchdowns, 133 games. One is Dwayne Bow, and one wow. is Julian Edelman. Dwayne Bow had, like, he had less receptions, more yards, more touchdowns, mm-hmm. and less games. Uh, more games started. Career's over, obviously. He retired at 31. Edelman yep. is Super Bowl MVP at 32. Yep. Three-time Super Bowl champion. He'll play another four years. So when it, I think and what this what this brings up for me is when you look at straight stats, Julian Edelman is nowhere near no. Hall of Fame. No. But when you look on impact, ability, moments, clutch, I think he is, but I think the stats are going to override that. I think he gets a little bit of an extra rub just because of the fact he's a Patriot. What do you mean by that? I honestly like good or bad. Sorry, I think he gets an extra. I think the conversation doesn't get brought up if he's not a patriot. Okay, if that makes sense. Like, like because well, it, of because of all the big moments that he's in, he's essentially a result of the situation that he's around. He's oh a yeah, byproduct yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. If Julian Edelman played for the Cowboys, he would not be this good. No, Julian Edelman played for the Panthers. If he played for the Falcons, if he played for the Saints, it, it, and it's tough to say those kinds of things because Tom Brady, if he played for any of the franchise, might not be yeah. this good. The only he person, probably wouldn't be. The only person on the Patriots that I would consider that would be a Hall of Famer would probably be Gronk, and that's just yes. because of the physical just specimen that he is. Any coach could have found a way to be able to utilize him to the yep. best of their abilities. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think that in any other, I don't know. It just, you know, what it keeps coming to mind for me with Julian Edelman is the same thing that you get with the David Tyree catch in the helmet. Like mm-hmm. he, obviously, their numbers are very, very, very different. Vastly I'm not different. comparing them one on one, but his Atlanta catch is up in history with the helmet catch. Like it's 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 one of the greatest Super Bowl plays of all time. That's fair. And I think that with a little bit of above average stats at the end of his career might get him on a last ballot ditch effort. Does he get does he get knocked a little bit because he got suspended for PGs? No, because football has a lot more issues going on and that's a baseball thing. Also because of the, <laughs> also because of the fact that the PD list for the NFL is always just really confusing. Well, and that's another thing I hear about the PD list for the NFL all the time is that it's ever changing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Well, my it was good this day and then the next day it's not good and so it's out of my system." And and it's one of those things where him personally, if he actually didn't know he was taking PDs, he should fire his nutritionist. Absolutely. Like, like you're, you, you're, I am paying you to tell me what I can put in my body that won't get me suspended. And you get suspended, you're fired, right. dude. Like, that's four game checks. That's four games. That could be four losses without your number one target. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that go into that. So, that, if I'm a nutritionist and I'm not knowing up to date every day what is new, fired. If I'm a first off, if I'm any player, I would not hire any nutritionist that isn't recommended by the NFLPA. Very true. That should just be an obvious, yeah, like, very, that's no a, brainer yeah, right there. Point. Unless, of course, you're Tom Brady and you have your own personal thing that's a uh, just an absolute <laughs> mess right there. Yeah, it's kind of like in uh, in Family Guy, the guy that lives on the hill, or not Family Guy, South Park, the guy that lives on the hill and does all the weird experiments with animals. Mm. That's literally what TV12 looks like <laughs> to the world, man. You know what's funny? I actually was really curious about the whole like the cookbook for TB12. I was, I, I'm interested. I in was. That. I wanted to look. It, I wanted to look it up, and then I saw that it like it, they like sold out extremely quickly, and I was like, "Nope, never mind." Yeah, I, I personally I think it's kind of cool. That's fair. I, I I think the TB12 method in itself is cool. I think the TB12 method, when looked at from the spectrum of what it can do for a player, yeah. as is foolproof and for what, Tom Brady. I and mean, what's funny about it too is that if you've ever seen Brady, like I, I think I remember seeing something when he was on vacation in Japan with his son, and he was doing a sumo match. Brady doesn't look like he's that 
jacked or anything. He looks he's like an not. Average, he's he the like worst athlete dude. to ever be the best athlete ever. But what's funny is I think that the TB12 method basically kind of took the fact that he's not that great of an athlete, but then just extended the longevity well, it, of it. it. It it makes his body. Um, basically, he is a Prius. With the engine of a freaking Bugatti. That's very accurate. And everyone else out there are Honda Civics. Like, in, and there's a couple Ferraris, like Tyreek Hill's a Ferrari. Yeah. Certain guys with engines. But literally, like, he, his body was not made to be this way. But with the TB12 method and working on certain muscles the way that he did and stretching them out and eating what he's got to eat for the body, he's getting the best absolute possible, like, Anything his body can spew out. That's right. So despite the fact that he's not that great of an athlete overall, like combine wise, traditionally, right. um, his mental ability, his decision making, his clutch, his winning, those are not human. That's and that's I, I think those are things that have to be combined with TB12 to make Tom Brady. Like that's everyone's like, well, what makes Tom Brady tick? Literally, the fact that he was not recruited out of high school. Right. Went to Michigan. They had, like, he said there were seven quarterbacks on the depth chart when he got there. Yeah. And his senior year, they had him splitting time with a freshman because the freshman was good. Chad Hansen, I believe. Or not Chad Hansen. Uh, Chad Henney? Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. No, was it? Yeah, because he played. No. I'll look that up after. Remind me after. Okay. I'll, I'll fix it. But they were worried about the guy going to play baseball. And so they were picking him and Tom and him and Tom. And then Michigan State, they went down by, like, 20 mm-hmm. under this other kid. And Tom came in and got them back within three. Um, but his whole life, like his whole life, everyone's been telling him, you're, you're not good enough. You're too slow. You're, you're above of this and that. And, it, and he just keeps doing it. It's so exhausting. I think I saw a thing too, where they were talking, where they were doing like draft previews or anything like that. Tom Brady still gets ticked off about the being drafted so low. Yeah. And I think, I think he uses the scouting report on him as his motivation too. He, yeah. He'd be dumb not to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Antonio Brown does. I mean, obviously he's not a bad of a head case. Draymond but still, Green does. Draymond Green All does. All those That's, guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Although, but to be fair, if you had the eye test, Draymond Green was an NBA player. You just had to like actually. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of the guys that you see in college are NBA players. He's obviously better than the normal guys you see, but at the same time, he was still mm-hmm. drafted. Pretty low yeah. for the Warriors to get him. You know what's funny? I think someone posted a. Uh, <laughs> I remember someone posted Tom Brady's resume on some. Um, I don't remember what the site was. It might have been BuzzFeed or something like that. But like his resume like went down in order, talking about how he was lettering at Michigan, and then it was something about an internship at an accounting firm. Yep. And then he was trying to go for yep. another job. That's phenomenal. Some of this stuff. All right, so let's stop sucking his dick. Um, let's mm-hmm. go another route with this. The Rams, man. So the Rams. Do you think they can come back to where they are? Because Personally, they have players signed through 2022. They have Aaron Donald, Tom Gurley, Jared Goff. This team is going to be around for a while. They're going to lose some pieces. They'll right. probably lose Akeem Tlaib or Marcus Peters. Like, one of those name-brand guys that aren't signed long-term. I, I, they could have been. I'm just not looking at it right now. But they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. You remember when we talked about the beginning of the season, we said the same thing, that the Rams were going all in this year. Yep. They signed a lot of veteran guys. They wanted to go all in because they know that when the time comes, Jared Goff is going to be due for that extension. And after his third year, he's going to his fourth year now. Yep. Fourth year is when he... Fourth year is when you can choose to pick up the fifth year option. And I think they'll pick that up, but I think they'll pay him no matter what happens in that. Because he, I mean, his first year, okay. he was terrible. The Jeff Fisher he offense. was yep. absolutely, well, not even in Jeff, because you think Jeff Fisher's a bum, this, that. But Jared Goff just looked like a bust because Carson Wentz was playing well and starting. He looked like a freak. And year three, the quickest first overall quarterback to ever reach the Super Bowl. It's it's crazy the way his career has gone so far. Dude. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. It's there were, wild. I, I we brought this up like before the show. There were times where I was watching that game where Jared Goff just did not look good no. at all. Look like a there, bum. There were so many times watching him throw the ball that it just came out wobbly. He was inaccurate on so many throws. Yep. It's just like I, I don't know what it was about him. Like I could, and it kind of made me think that he cracked under the pressure a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I agree there. Um, so McVay said he was out coached. I, I think he'll be fine. I think Wade Phillips stays. I, I don't see this team going anywhere. I still see this team being one of the top four teams easy in the NFL. Absolutely. You have a core of Goff, Gurley, and Aaron Donald. I think you're fine. Yep. I absolutely think you're fine. I think you're going to take a hit this year because you have a couple guys that are probably going to be leaving in free agency. I, I think Lamarcus Joyner is definitely a free agent. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good call. The O line is the O line is kind of older, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you see some regression there. And you really need to figure out what the hell is going on with with Gurley. I don't know. Yeah, it, like watching him, he kept saying that he wasn't hurt. He kept saying he wasn't injured, but the entire playoff run, man, he just did not look like Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, 100%. I, I really am upset that Aaron Donald didn't get to Brady more. That line is literally, it has to be the greatest offensive line of all time. That was the first time that he was sacked all playoffs yeah. was, was against this line. And also, I this is a stat that I heard today, which which blew my mind, by the way. Yep. This Patriots victory, 13-3, this was the largest margin of victory yeah. of any Super Bowl they've won. Everything else, I think, was a maximum of like seven. That's mind-blowing. It's crazy. Yeah. That just tells you how much of a thin line there was between winning and losing for them. And that just tells you how special Belichick is to be able to get them over that hump. Yeah, he's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about football anymore. That's I fair. do want to talk a little bit about the fact that our mock drafts will be coming out very quickly. Oh. Uh, we've dropped two, oh. Moorhead and Smalls. Um, obviously, I think I'll be doing mine tonight. You'll, you and Dre basically have yours on lock. You're ready to go. You just got to get the official one out. The oh, first official. Yeah. Um, been playing around with the mock draft apps for a while now. I'm ready to go. So, the, but the reason I want to bring it up is because now, obviously, the Patriots have the last round pick, and yep. with the last or the first, you kind of like take just whatever falls to you. BPA, my friend. BPA. I think there's a decent shot that Duke quarterback falls to them. You think? And I wouldn't be surprised if they took him out of respect for they only have Brady and Hoyer. Late, latest projections I've heard is uh, Jones going as high as 16 to the Redskins. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of quarterback needs, and I'm not there saying is. that in my mock he will fall. I'm not saying that he looks that fall. I'm just saying I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the Patriots take a quarterback in this draft, and I think this is the moment where Tom, because with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, even though I, I'm a firm believer Jacoby Brissett needs a starting job, I don't think Tom Brady treated them as the next regime. I think he treated them as competition for right now, and that's why they're not there. I mean, how how mad do you think Belichick was just for the fact that he had to give up Jimmy Garoppolo? Giving up Jimmy Garoppolo is Belichick basically saying, yes, we'll ride this out. But it sure makes it a lot harder to find the next guy right. after, which that'll be five years. And maybe, Bel honestly, Belichick could retire when Tom does. I that, wouldn't be surprised. Right off in the sunset together? I mean, that's true. But Not even together, but just being like, yo, I don't, I don't want anyone to, I don't want to lose without him because then they'll say it was him creating me. I feel like Belichick would be more willing to stick around because he wants to prove that he could win without Tom. I think it might even be the other way around. I think I think Tom wants to prove that it was him over Belichick or both of them together more than Belichick wants to prove anything. I think Tom wants everyone to know that it wasn't Belichick's game plan. It was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Okay. Because I don't think either of them think they built the other one. I think both of them understand they're in a situation of like Zeus and God. 
Like, they're the same thing, but they aren't, but they are, but they aren't. They are, but they aren't. They yeah. are literally both the greatest we'll ever see of quarterback and coach. Okay. And I think they both need to understand and appreciate, which is the funny thing about the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, because Tom Brady said he has dinner at Bill Belichick's house three or four times a week mm-hmm. um, during the season. And it's weird to me that the Garoppolo would cause such a rift for them. But, like, at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo is awesome. He is. I mean, if he was not injured this year, I truly think the Niners would have made the playoffs. I really do. I don't know about that. I think they could have. That man. division's too hard. I, dude, the, they, I think they could have. The West, I mean... Over I, Seattle? I, I understand it's a difficult division, but at the same time, though, like with all those teams that were fighting at the very end to get into the playoffs... I mean, they would have had a shot. I think they would have had a shot. They would have had a shot. And let's not forget, a lot of people didn't think Seattle was going to be that good this year, so I feel like part of Seattle's Well, I think Seattle's going to be bad every year, and then they're always right. I feel like average. I feel like part of Seattle's like act of being good was because of the fact they didn't have to deal with the 49ers looking over their shoulder. I mean, eh, I mean, maybe. I mean, there's a ton of variables I can go into it, but that, that's definitely a thought. I mean, the 49ers definitely were nowhere near where they wanted to be. It added another year on the Kyle Shanahan's contract. No. You got McKinnon coming in. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got Pierre Garçon, who was unhealthy. Right. You got uh, CJ Beathard, their backup, who got hurt. Nick Mullins came in and worked his butt off, and George Kittle was still a god. So. And, let, and let's think McKinnon didn't even play this year because he got injured. So, I mean, we really don't know how good this Niners team is because of the fact we had so many variables that worked yeah. against them. I think I think this draft is going to define them for me because do the, I, I don't see them going defensive tackle again. They've taken defensive tackle the, fa- the past five drafts. I think they go Josh Allen outside linebacker from Kentucky and I think a lot of people are going to be picking him in a mock draft and I think they take him because even though personally I would rather have Quentin Williams or I would rather have Ed um, Ed Oliver. Oliver, excuse me, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think they just go a different route this year. I would not be surprised if the Niners are the team that ends up training down. Me too. I really wouldn't because, uh, I mean, looking at it, everyone knows that they have to get in the top five because the Giants are taking Dwayne Haskins. So then what if someone trades up to take Dwayne Haskins? Well, then that's the point, though. Then you're essentially kind of screwed because if Dwayne Haskins is gone before six, the Giants, you could see going a number of different directions. They could go Drew Locke, who apparently blew up the Combine, not the Combine, sorry, who blew up Senior Bowl. Then you also got Kyler Murray, who's a wild card in this instance, too. I, I mean, I don't see Daniel Jones going that high, but at the same time, though, you, you never know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, Smalls talked about it in his mock draft. He had Drew Locke going pretty high. That's because of the how good of a senior bowl he had. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not against it either. And uh, let me give me one second while I pull up Smalls' uh, mock draft, which you can find obviously on thoughtsonthebench.com. We will be having a page with all the mocks when they're done. Check it uh, out, guys. Um, but Smalls has, um. Hold on one second. Let me see. He has Cardinals one, Josh Allen two, um, DK Metcalf from too, Ole Miss way too to high. the Jets. Way too I don't mind the Jets taking an offensive weapon, but they'll trade down. He has Dwayne Haskins at six, Drew Locke at seven. Other quarterbacks he has, Kyler Murray to the Dolphins, which with Brian Flores, the new head coach, he might take a shot at. That'd be interesting. I think he put he had like a little like nugget about DK Metcalf at the bottom of his draft too something like there was a reason why he picked him so high. Yeah, a few notes. Um, 
because of their probable desire to surround Sam Darnold with offensive weapons. He says, I realize the wide receiver class is weak, so Metcalf that high is a stretch, even though it's the best receiver. We don't do any trades or anything like yeah. that with our mocks. We keep our mocks as absolute set as they can be. And what's funny is, too, I, I was talking with um, with Dre about this. I don't think this wide receiver class is really that weak. I think it's just... I think it's underrated because of the fact that a lot of the top-tier wide receivers didn't really have a lot of good quarterbacks to work well, with. Well, yes. Yeah, I think that's massive. I think it's massive that this is such a defense-heavy draft. Right. And I think it's massive that not a lot of teams have a dire, dire need a wide receiver. That's true. Like, we actually do see a nice NFL spread where even teams like the uh, the Jets that have Robbie Anderson and uh, uh, Quincy Anunua and a couple, like, they're not great. But nope. a couple of decent guys, like the only, I mean, there's not really a team that you're sitting at, you're like, they need a wide receiver. Like, I hate the Dolphins' core, but at the same time, Kenny Steele, Devontae Parker, and Leontae Carew are not a terrible core with Danny Amendola. In no, slot. absolutely. They're, they're very, there's something that you can work with. It's just you need a stable quarterback and a decent run game behind you to yeah. work with it, too. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, all right, so let's get a little over to a little NBA. I'm tired of talking football. It's over. It's done. <laughs> um, so the first thing I want to talk about is that Mark Cuban sent out an Instagram post today. That he said, my goal is to have these two together for the next 20 years. Talking about Doncic and uh, and Chris Stops. Which is very, it's doable. Because they're both extremely young. Yeah, they're both, I mean, they're both in their 20s. Luca's 19. Yeah. So it's Obviously, possible. 20 years is a long stretch and a long career. And hopefully they both have that career. I mean, Dirk, Dirk's gone, what, into mid-40s? Yeah. Before he's on his retirement tour right 19. now? 19. 19 yeah, seasons. That's incredible. Um, I just think it's really funny to think about, like, they're always going to be the European team. But what I'm what I'm getting with these two is you literally have two of the best up-and-coming players in the NBA on your roster. Getting rid of Dennis Smith Jr. was, was probably hurtful but smart because the Knicks now have something to keep Fitz alive for the season. Um, but the, the Mavs team, they're no joke, dude. No. I, I, they're maybe one, like, other kind of good draft pick piece away from being in – NBA favorite in a couple of years. So how are you looking this year then for the Mavericks? Like if they miss the playoffs, are you looking this as a disappointment no. for them? Kristaps is out for probably the whole year. Yeah. I don't see, I don't care. Like uh, let Luca grow, let these players play. Don't even stress over this year. Like if you make playoffs, good. Uh, Luca should have been an all-star. So that should have been the high point of the season. But for me, this is an absolute, we're looking at the future trade. Okay. So essentially whatever happens this year, this is more about Luca just getting comfortable in the NBA system before yes, yes. you get Chris stops and then we'll figure out what to expect from the Mavericks. Ooh, I'd love forward. Chris stops. I do too. He's th- so much fun to watch. I love anybody that that's tall and can just stroke from three, dude. Mm-hmm. No, I, I gotta. I can't believe that the Knicks actually gave up on him. I really can. I mean, I can in the sense that I feel like this is them being like, we like Fitz. If we don't do something to win now, they're gonna run him out of the city. Oh, so yeah. they they went and got a great guard and a good center and a couple pieces that are gonna play right now. And right. even though Kristaps for Dennis Smith Jr. is not a one on one trade, nope. like, and that's not how it broke down. But the point is that the Knicks now have a better team currently mm-hmm. than they did currently with Kristaps hurt plus they have two spots for max contracts next absolutely year that's the biggest piece yeah they have two max contract spots and there's been players that say they want to go to the Knicks Kyrie Irving has said he wants to play in New York mm-hmm. Kevin Durant has said he could play in New York right I feel, I, I feel there's like big the names lore, the lore of coming to the garden and just playing there every night is really something no matter how mismanaged the Knicks have been for the longest time the lore of the garden still attracts you. There's a reason that the star players, for some reason, just go off whenever they play there. I'm really, I, I, it blows my mind that the Knicks struggle to have any kind of success. You're in New York. You, yep. Literally, your, your, your court, your arena, 
is basically in the middle of Manhattan. Yep. Not the middle, obviously. Upper. Eh. But the point behind it is, it is so impressive for them to be terrible because of how awesome they are. Well, I mean, think about the constant reshuffling and management that you've had for the last Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, it's mind-blowing to think all these terrible things have happened to a team that's located in the hub of entertainment. Right. But here's the other thing, too, that I, I was thinking about this. When was the last big, like, key franchise centerpiece that the Knicks ever had? And I don't think Carmelo... I'm not counting Carmelo, by the way. Why not? Because uh, Carmelo, for some reason, when they traded for him, I, I think he had, like, maybe... One good season, and then after that, it was just a mess afterwards. No. He was the face of a generation for the Knicks. You have to give him that. Um, he was the face of the recent generation of doing pretty decent and then being like, well, we made the playoffs. Um, but the other thing that I'm thinking about with them, if you're looking at like the last great Nick, the last Nick that everyone remembers is probably Ewing. But it, Mello has to be in one of the greatest Nick arguments just based off the fact that he was a scoring machine with them like he wasn't i mean he was even better than nuggets mellow for a little bit i i I disagree with you on that because like he was the face of a generation there it's either him or or lynn sanity so which is is crazy because lynn sanity was probably half a season when he was at his peak when he was at his peak it was was like 10 games lynn sanity was not that long oh yeah that's true lynn sanity came crashing down when mellow came back from his injury oh that's fair you kind of yeah, think you kind of think that went hand in hand. No, they. It, I mean, he. It, it wasn't the longest stretch of all time. Like it was. It was definitely a, a flash in the pan type of thing. Even right. though Jeremy Lin had a pretty good career mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. I mean, he's he's playing for the Hornets right now, making some making some bank there. I'm yeah, he's sure. okay. Yeah. He's doing good. Yeah. Um, so let's get on Anthony Davis. The Lakers came out with a new trade package. I'm not too happy with it, but I do want to Google real quick. The actual pieces of it, because it's very frustrating to talk about Anthony Davis and not talk about the Lakers. Yeah. Well, what, the the thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was the initial list of four teams that was announced that he would sign long term extensions with, and I want to get your which take is on complete it. BS. Which is weird to me because I understand so it was the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, all three of which I understand, but the fourth team really threw me off: the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, Giannis. I mean, they're they they have proven to know how to draft players. That's true, but looking at it, like, how are you? If you're the Bucks and you know that Davis would be willing to sign a long term deal with you, how in the world are you going to get him? Mm, well, you'd probably have to trade Brogdon. You'd probably have to trade a couple of your good pieces. Right. You obviously the Greek freak's not getting traded. No, he's, he's the one player that says no. Players, he like someone said, will you ever play on a super team? And he said, I think LeBron would like Milwaukee. <laughs> like, that was his answer to it. And, yeah, Gian- Anthony Davis Giannis said that, too. Mi- Giannis loves Milwaukee, man. Well, he loves the team that took him, this Greek kid, yeah. and drafted him in the NFL draft, like, or the NBA draft, excuse me. You know, Anthony Davis sees this more of, like, he got drafted there because he was the best player at the time, and they were the number one pick, and so you're not going to get me help. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's weird for me that it doesn't include the Celtics, which the reasoning is because there was, like, talks for the past four years. They have the picks. Why don't they trade for Anthony Davis? I don't know. That made me feel weird. But at the same time, his dad did come out and say the way they treated Isaiah Thomas, I'll never have my son play there. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, part of it right now is they can trade for him because Kyrie's yep. still on that Supermax as a rookie deal. So, but so in a perfect world, let's just say it works out. Right. So in order to you know get Anthony Davis, you would essentially have to trade for, you know, get Kyrie sent down to the Pelicans, which isn't going to happen. Yep. So it, it's just one of those 
strange dynamics that you have to work around. I personally think that if if Anthony Davis really wanted to go to Boston, he would make every effort to do so. There has to be an underlying factor for why he wouldn't want to go there. Is it really? Do you think it's because his dad? Well, I think it's because Kyrie's going to leave. I mean, I think he sees New York as a chance to play with Kyrie in Madison Square Garden. He sees the Lakers as a chance to play for the Lakers. Hmm. Uh, The Clippers one is just stupid. Let's not be dumb here. And the Milwaukee Bucks is a chance to play with. I mean, he said the Clippers. Don't get me wrong. He said the Clippers. Said the Clippers. But that's just because they're in LA. Right. Um, He just wants to get. I bet you he wants to play for Doc Rivers. No. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a reason that the list is on there. Yeah, because they're in LA. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. But I mean, looking at the the other list of teams, I'm surprised more. Weren't on there. Like, uh, like, off the, like off the top of my head, I'm surprised that I'm surprised Miami wasn't on there. I'm surprised Brooklyn. Miami, you're not going to win. Brooklyn, you're not going to win. Mm. Uh, Houston. Um, they don't have the cap space. That that's a pipe dream. They'd have to give up too many pieces, and then they wouldn't be good. Yeah. Plus, Anthony or uh, James Harden just plays with the ball too much. Like, I don't think Anthony Davis would like being on that team. Which, by the way, as we were recording, I got a uh, I got an alert that Kobe was talking about James Harden and made a interesting quote that I wanted to get your take on. It said okay. something about how uh, James Harden, the way that he plays ball right now, he will never win an NBA championship. Yeah, I'm cool with that. You're cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're basically, if you look at every NBA championship won, um, yeah, there have been great performances, but the road to that championship have been built around a team. And even though guys are extremely ball dominant, like Jordan has always been ball dominant, Jordan was ball dominant in the way that I'm uh, give me the ball so we can win. Mm-hmm. James Harden is the way that give me the ball so I can score. Right. Kobe was give me the ball so we can win. Yes, Kobe had the same mentality of I'm going to be the one that scores it. I wanted to get your point on that because it kind of seems weird for me thinking about it because Kobe was somewhat of the same mindset that Harden was. Yeah, but yes and no. James Harden is of the mindset of, I want to score 30 points every game, blah, 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 blah. I don't think James Harden thinks about winning the same way Kobe does at all, ever. Oh, that's fair. Kobe thinks about winning as the only thing that matters ever, and the best way to win is for him to score 50 points, and that's it. James Harden looks at 50 points and says, oh, yeah, I'm on a really good streak right now. Yeah. I don't think they treat winning the same. It's the same thing as Antonio Brown right now. He, he, Him and Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Let's not compare them ability-wise, statistically-wise, whatever it is. Mentality-wise, as it sits right now, A.B. cares about his stats. Julian Edelman would cut his finger off for another Super Bowl. Right. He wants the Super Bowl. I think the big difference is when you always hear A.B. talk about how he wants to win, he wants to win, he wants to win. His idea of how to win is him getting as many catches as he possibly can to make things happen. That's yeah. his mindset. I think but it's it, also harder to do that in the NFL than anywhere else, which is sad. Absolutely. But at the same time, though, I think you'll hit that breaking point where it's like you're winning, but you're not doing anything to contribute to the winning. And that's probably yeah, that's where fair. the mindset essentially will come about with that. Yeah, that's fair. I'm cool with that. Um, not much else in the NBA, man. I, I like the AD talk. I think it's cool because it's not very often you get a – like because you got it with Kyrie a little bit, but it's not very often you get the whole, hey, guys – I'll play for you for another year and a half. I'm just not signing the extension. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes saying, Kyrie was like, trade me now. Other players were like, trade me now. This is the first one where he's like, hey, like, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm going to not sign with you and be a free agent in two years. So, like, if you want to sell me, you can do it now. Unless it's uh, kind of like one of those things where other teams will look at it and say, well, Kawhi, the Raptors are trying to do it. Yeah. It worked with Paul George. Why can't it work for us? Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it could happen. I mean, I could totally see a team being like, we're not on his list, but let's just sell him as yeah, hard th- as we can. That's the other thing is he says every other destination is a one-stop shop. Well, look at the Rams this year. They got a lot of guys that have a one-stop shop for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that if, if a team that was kind of a little bit there like the Raptors had a shot at Anthony Davis and they said, hey, guys, we're going to capitalize on – Kawhi and AD and Kyle Lowry now, yeah, they would win a championship, and then they would all be like, "Should we really leave? We just won a championship, right?" I feel That's like, the other thing. I feel like winning changes mindsets. Very, oh, winning, very winning, winning solves everything. Absolutely, Greg. everything. Absolutely. I'm looking at Anthony Davis right now. I'm willing to bet you that if he gets treated to some sort of contender, and he actually does win a championship either this year or next year, it'd be hard pressed to believe that he'd want to leave. Yep. I really I doubt it happens, but I agree that mm-hmm. that would be the scenario. Um, I do like the fact that Porzingis is apparently um, looking at a long-term deal with the Mavs. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that good. Um, I don't ever think he should leave, and I think him and Luka Doncic should be best friends forever. <laughs> I mean, are, are they actually like friends in real life? They're best friends. Are they best They're friends? They're both white European players. They're best friends. That's how like the mindset works right there? Yeah. It's like Steve <laughs> Nash and Anthony Bennett are best friends because they're both Canadian. <laughs> It's just a thing. I mean, that didn't really work out too well because Anthony Bennett just... Uh, he's been killing it in the G League. He's like the top scorer in the G League. Has he really? Yeah. What is your number one quote, Greg? It takes time to develop. It does take time to develop. Well, stop sleeping on Anthony Bennett. Valid point. It's crazy when you think about it too because Oladipo broke out last year which is, and they were drafted the same time and Bennett was a year younger, so... Um, so what was this tweet Bryce Harper said? Loading dot 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 dot. When's the last time you saw that? Me, it was D'Angelo Russell tweeted deloading, but that was his name. Deloading. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying with this whole last time you saw it, um, do you mean does that mean that there's something coming soon, or he's loading as if there's something in the works? I think you know what I mean. I think something's coming soon because the way I interpret loading, it's okay. Something has been started. Yes, that's and it's yeah. just and it's just in the process. That's right exactly now. what I was thinking. Yeah. Like he pressed start on it, now it's loading. Like right. it's like putting a game in the Xbox. Now he just got to load. Does is it kind of eerily convenient that it came after his Padres talk? None whatsoever, because he probably got the whole sales pitch from them, and now after getting that, he's like, okay, let's figure. Okay, out Okay, so I you would. think he's sitting at the table with his agent, and they have like. All six or whatever offers yeah. laying there. And so, he, okay, that's a good way to look at it. Because originally I was like, wow, this, like, the Padres one was weird. It was in Vegas, his hometown, and now he's loading. But at the same time, I agree with you where it's like, all right, this is the last pitch, and let's look at every pitch. Right. So, like, he's already been pitched by the Padres, he's been pitched by the White Sox, pitched by the Phillies, pitched by the Nationals, probably pitched by the Dodgers, and all this stuff. So now it's his time to actually finally sit down, figure out. Did he get out pitched by the Yankees? I don't know, actually. The Yankees have been weird because I think they've, yeah. been, they've been hot and cold with him and Machado this year. So. so then, honestly, where do you think Bryce Harper goes? Like, you you weren't there on the pitches. You don't know what they're offering him. Assume that everyone's offering him $400 million. What is the best baseball situation he could put himself into based on roster and position and everything? It, it's tough for me because the three teams that offered him – that actually like looked at him. The White Sox, the Phillies, the the Padres. All three teams aren't really you know at that good right now. The Phillies yeah. they they kind of had a small are run. The, are they, the Phillies the better of the three? Right yes, there? the Phillies are the better of the three. Looking at all three though, they all have great young players yeah. that they can actually build around and they could have a sustainable franchise with. 
looking at the situations, um, all three of them are decent baseball towns too. Philly's a great market. Uh, Chicago's a great market. San Diego, you're going to live in a warm weather climate the entire time. We're the only game in town too because you don't yeah, have that's yeah. the, that's the other thing yeah. is they're the only sport they're the only sport in town um looking at it from the other perspective too if he goes to the phillies or the padres he has to play right field if he goes to the white Sox, he could play he could be a dh if he wants to do you think he wants to be a dh i think part of him cares more about hitting but at the same Fair. time though i i remember talking with with jerry about this is like bryce harper is like a overrated and underrated outfielder at the same time okay it's weird because that makes no sense to it, me. Okay, so Nationals Park <laughs> Nationals Park is one of those weird baseball parks that it, it's like uh, you have a farther right field than usual. Okay. So in terms of average plays, he was very slow to get to the ball. But in terms of making plays, he's got a cannon of an arm, and he can actually do some decent things out there. Like, it, like for instance, if he was a Yankee, for instance, he would fit in perfectly in right field because they have a small right field and you don't have to worry about it. I truly think that in hindsight, the best possible situation for him is probably going to be the White Sox. Okay, so why is he overrated then? Because you said he was underrated because it's a huge right field for the Nationals right. and he could make more plays at other stadiums. Why do you say he's overrated? He's overrated as a defender just for the fact that I'm pretty sure he was in gold glove contention at the same time. Okay. And that's for the elite of the elite defenders. And he's not an elite defender. Okay, if you so play, he was there because of his name, right? If you take him, if you take him out of Nationals Park and you put him in like a smaller kind of area, you can see flaws in his game pretty easily. But it's like uh, when, you, when so you're, you're in, not even saying it's because of Nationals Park. You're no, saying no, it no, is him. no, no. If like him as a right fielder, he's overrated. But in terms of the area that he played in, he was underrated. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay, so other news. Machado, where, why, when? Has he talked with teams? What's he doing? We, I have no idea what's going on with Machado. Man. Yeah, dude. I really have no idea. This is one of the most confusing free agency periods I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Machado and Harper are both still trying to figure out what they want to do. I, I truly think it's just they're both waiting to try to figure out who gives us the best, the best deal. Yeah. Like, honestly, and I... Which is fair for him. No, absolutely. Because he's not... He's not I mean, he's good, and he's big name, but he's not Bryce Harper. No. So he's just going to sit underneath the $400 million and be like, right. I'm like 200 both of, cheap. Both of them are 27 years old. Both of them should be in the prime of their careers. Both of them should be getting their biggest contracts of the years. Yep. I feel like they can afford to take time and try to figure out what's the best situation for me if I'm going to be getting the same amount of money from all teams. So it's just a weird dynamic, and baseball is just one of those things that is just so confounding at times because really the best players should be getting paid the best the best yeah they really should but it, unfortunately it's not because in baseball you have the scenario where if you can get cheaper talent and you can win with them then you can be just as good cool yeah baseball's okay. confusing um, just leave it at that i mean it, it, it always will and it always it always it's just baseball <laughs> um so i want to talk to you about who my favorite player in the uh in mlb is okay and I want you to give me the percent, like the probability ranking that he's MVP next year. And it's okay. not Yelichich. It's not Yelich. Mookie okay. Betts. Mookie Betts. I, 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 he posted a bunch of more. More. He's a great bowler. Yeah. Like low key, a, like a freaking good bowler, dude. Is he and, is he Chris Paul level? He goes to Chris Paul's celebrity tournaments and he plays. Yes. That's that's awesome. Um, I don't know. I like the dude, man. I don't know what it is. I just like Mookie Betts. It's because he's he's very down to earth and he's not. He, from an MVP candidate, from an MVP and a guy who also won a World Series, you would think he'd be much more. You think he'd be more flashy. You think he'd be more have a bigger head and all yeah. that stuff. Like you don't get that. 
Because he's a product of their system. Right? He is that a was the big thing about the Red Sox is they have the best system, kind of. And they keep bringing up these guys like him. And what are the three B- three Bs are in his system or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was uh, Jackie Bradley, Xander Bogarts, Andrew Benatendi, and Mookie Betts. Damn, there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yep. Um, That's cool, though. Um, No, I just, I, I don't know. I like the guy. And, okay, so it, in the sense of that, in the understanding of who I like as a guy. Okay. Is there anybody new on the Pirates that I will actually enjoy this year? Like who? Okay, let's start clean slate. I've never seen the Pirates. I moved here from from Yugoslavia. Who should I like from the Pirates this year? Don't even say new guys. Anybody? Give me one Pirate that you're just like, look, this guy has potential to just be the fan favorite and break out. Cy Young. I mean, sorry, not Cy. Cy Young. You heard it here first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. You heard it here first. I'm sorry, Jameson Tyon, because he's a dark horse Cy Young candidate this year. Cy Young, who is a Jameson Tyon candidate this year. My bad. The corn corn syrup is getting to my brain right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, okay, so I know Jameson. I love him. Mm -hmm. I mean, his whole, he had cancer, I believe. Yeah, his story's amazing. He had Tommy John's. He's still here. Mm -hmm. He hasn't left the Pirates yet, so he's great. (laughs) Um, Give me some other names. Give me some other guys, like, on the rotation that are just, because I don't know many Pirates. Uh, I know Tyon, and I know, is Kang still with us? Yeah, Gong is still with us. Uh, Gong, sorry. We have Chris Archer, Trevor Williams. I like Archer. Trevor Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams. Where's he from? Has he been a pirate for a while? Yeah. Okay. I was uh, like, I recognize that name. Uh, okay, so Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Keon Kella, he was a relief pitcher that they got. Uh, Nothing. Pa- <laughs> uh, Felipe Vasquez. Yep. Yep, we got him. Uh, Josh Bell, who I think is going to have a much better year he than better. last year. I think he will, yeah. Good uh, first baseman. Francisco Cervelli. Great catcher. Yes, indeed. Uh, Starling Marte. Great outfielder when he's not doing steroids. Corey Dickerson won a gold glove last year, left field. Did he? Yes, he did. I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Polanco will only be out, I think, a month and a half, so that's not too bad. Gregory Polanco. Um, I know who Polanco is. Yeah. (laughs) Big, big, big facts. Elias Diaz is probably going to be the starting catcher next year. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. So Cervelli. Cervelli's on the last year of his contract, so, Ah, yeah. When the moon hits your eye. Like a big pizza pie. You want money. Yeah. (laughs) welcome for that you can use that on a shirt um that was uh you know off the uh, off the cusp as us radio folks say mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a thing. frank sinatra oh. would be proud of that all right so break away from baseball a little bit here greg what else you want to talk about what, what's going on in greg's world in my world in greg's world of sports don't don't get too personal i was gonna say like I, give I mean, me give me another storyline you want to cover here greg um because i got one you got one? If you want to hear it. I, I By all means, lay it on me. Because in case you live under a rock, Manchester United oh boy. is 9-0-1 since the gunner took over. Are they in top four yet or no? D- don't talk about that. We just talk about <laughs> positives. It's just positives here. Um, I will look up how far they are back, but they are literally 9-0-1 since sacking Marino. So, wait, are we talking Premier League or are we talking like all, all, competitions, all, all competitions? All competitions. Okay. Which is every game they've played, they have not lost yet. They are in fifth. They are, uh, so they passed Arsenal. We are two points behind Chelsea, who is seven points behind Tottenham, who che- is two points behind City, who is... Three points behind Liverpool. Chelsea's having a very, very rough second half, by the way. Yeah. I honestly, in all my might and being, think Eden Hazard needs to leave there. I, I, I think he is too talented to be a part of a franchise that, or an organization that is not pushing for success right now, despite the fact that they've tried. They just seem like they're in limbo. I would love to see Hazard move on to a bigger club. You know, you know what's weird, too? I'm pretty... Chelsea, I haven't really been fond of since they let go of Mourinho. Yeah, I haven't. Fair. I don't know. I, I, I think it's because 
in the back of my mind, I keep thinking of how Mourinho ran his club. He left them with so much young talent that he had loaned out to all these other areas and stuff that he gave Chelsea a sustainable path to success for, yes. the, for the last couple of years. And they just haven't done crap with it. Yep. I don't know if it's Antonio Conte just wasn't the right fit for them there or what, but it's it's just been kind of very underwhelming for them since then. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, no, I like that comparison of it because I haven't liked Chelsea since they had uh, Ricardo Caviero. Um, you know what the most interesting thing about the table for me is right now, though, Greg? What? Wolves and Watford, seven and eight. Dude, that it's crazy. That's, that's insane. I didn't like. I knew they were doing well. Watford, I didn't know I think, until I looked at the table they were doing this. Watford well. finished in top ten last year. I'm pretty sure. I didn't realize the Wolves were yes. doing that well. Yeah, yeah. Wolves are they're apparently killing it, man. Mm-hmm. So is Bournemouth. Bournemouth is actually probably one of my favorite stories of the Premier League because they're the smallest fan base in all of the Premier League, and they've been around for the last three years now. And they finished yep. in top fifteen in the last few years. They haven't come close to relegation lately, so. Let's see. Oh, Southampton, you're about you're 16. We are in 16. Yeah, that's friend. good, man. Yes, sir. We are. You are tied for 17, but you're still two points clear of that third place. We got the goal, 18. We got goal differential working in, yes, you in do. our favor. So the thing that I loved about the actual transfer window for them, they didn't buy anyone. They yep. li- they literally they well they, they they never really buy they always sell right well no they they <laughs> they'll, they'll do like some they'll do occasional like some low buys every now and then but but Husenhodl did something different he loaned out a lot of guys and also sold some he sold Gabadini um and he's letting a lot of the guys who weren't really playing well or getting enough playing time shine like James Ward Prowse has been on a tear yeah. these last three games so I I think if you give some of these guys more opportunity you're gonna have a lot to work with moving forward now. yep mm-hmm. agreed man. Um, but yeah, that was the storyline I just wanted to bring up. I just want to talk about Manchester United for a minute because it's finally good to be a fan again. Not that it was ever bad to be a fan, Greg. Nope. Not that it was ever a negative. I knew that we would get past Mourinho, even though Mourinho scraped us up from the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, We needed him to get where we are now. I never thought he was going to be the guy to take us to Champions League glory, but what he did well for us was win the Europa yep. and pick us up and be like, look, we have, you know, he started playing players differently. I think it definitely stunted the growth of Rashford, Martial, and Lukaku in the offensive side of things because mm-hmm. our ball play was just terribly gross. Yep. It was just boring buildup that... Seemed to basically just be counterattack soccer every way you turned. Mm-hmm. So to finally see someone go, "Hey guys, you're all really good at this sport. Have fun." Yeah, unbelievable. So you say Mourinho was kind of like the the guy that you needed from all the he's like up the really shitty stuff. girlfriend you need to kind of get your life together for you until you realize that she's way too strict and you can't drink and you can't hang out with your friends and you break up with her and then you find the awesome girlfriend that you love. So he was the what was Ted's girlfriend Janae? The blonde one before he met the mother? Um, no, she was too... Well, I mean, she was... There's too many girlfriends there. Yeah, but it, it had to because, be... Because... I think it was Janae. She was the crazy one that the blonde... Yeah, hair yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But you're looking at just the instant last girlfriend Ted had. No, but I mean... Uh, it she's was, a psychopath. But I'm looking at it from the perspective of it's like the thing that you need to realize this is not what you want. And yeah, you need but something different. No, you're... you. I, I don't think you're clearly analyzi- like analyzing it, excuse me, because Mourinho made us better and okay. picked us up from the slumps and really helped okay. us get to a level of then we realized, wow, thank you for getting us up here, Okay, but now we need to be better than what you can offer us goodbye. Okay, so essentially Mourinho was the coach that helped them grow up a little bit. but He was the coach them- that made them realize that they, they could be good without a coach. Right. But then you need. But then when he got like too comfortable, it was like, okay, you helped me make my life better and all that, but you're not right for me, Stella. That's fair. 
That's fair. That's very it. fair, actually. Yeah. Stella's, so Stella's I, a good one. And it's it's not your fault because you definitely went for like the last girlfriend, which is the most recent case of this situation. Right. But I'm going with Stella because Stella picked Ted up and they were great together and then it it, it made Ted better and then realized it wasn't right. And there's a there's a break That's there fair. because Stella left him that sad and then he went to depression and all that shit. Right. But you don't find your end without the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. So, and also, that year was also the time where that led him to the mother because it gave him the best job of his life. Teaching. Yep. It all comes back to how I met your mother, people. Always <laughs> comes back. <laughs> no, Somehow, some way. Always does. Always does. <laughs> um, do you have a uh, Do you have a draft for us today, Greg? We are going to draft the top five best Super Bowl commercials from last night. Were there 10 you can think of? Yeah. You can think of 10. I can, yeah. All right. That's yeah. that's, the, that's the the thing. Yes, it is. All right, so I get first overall. By all means. You'll take next two. Yep. I am, let me get the list up of our teams. Um. All right, so one, two. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Let's go. I am going to go with, um, very easy for me to go this route of it. I'm definitely going the Bud Light commercial of the, and I know we've talked about this, and you're going to take the other one. Um, <laughs> I love Game of Thrones. I love that spot. But the simple fact about the corn syrup, like, they took it to the other castles of the other beer. Yeah. And it literally, because when you're sitting here with a Miller Lite, right. I'm like, damn, this has corn syrup. I know. Like, it was just <laughs> so genius. And for them to start putting um, their ingredients on the box, yeah. genius. And for the campaign where they shot it with arrows. But yeah, I'm going Bud Light corn syrup, first overall draft. All right. And you already know where mine is, too. It's going to be the Bud Light with uh, the Game of Thrones, because it was so unexpected. Yeah. It was so unexpected, and I, I loved it too because I love the Bud Light night. I love where he's just like where he's getting himself all. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Where he's getting himself all prepared. Stuff. He's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you just see some crazy stuff happen. Oh, after it's, that. So it's like, good. oh my god. Yeah, I was not prepared for that at all. My second one is going to be the Doritos commercial with okay. with the Backstreet Boys and Chance was, the Rapper. I wish it was. Um... I loved it. I love Chance. I love the Backstreet Boys. I mm. kept calling them NSYNC all day, so I think that one. <laughs> um, are you sure it wasn't NSYNC? No, it was, what was the song? Boys. Um, I want it that way. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Is that Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. Okay. All right. The reason with me for that commercial was I wish they would have done more... I don't know. I, I thought it was really good. I love Chance. The song's going to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I wish it would have been way more of him and the Backstreet Boys together. Because it was him sitting there for half it, and then them. I don't know. I thought it was really good, though. Okay. It was amazing. But I was just, I was like, oh, I wish it was more of Chance. <laughs> That's fair. So, for my second one, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think without Googling it, That's all okay. the commercials. That's okay. Um, I'm going to go... Let's see. I, I I liked the one. Um, you can, for the record, you can also do like trailers and teasers for stuff too. Just letting you know because it's technically a commercial. I uh, guess it's a commercial, so I'll count it. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, no, I'm definitely gonna go the um, NFL 100 commercial. Oh, that was yeah. great. NFL 100 with all the greats and the immaculate reception and Ninja and Juju and I thought that was really well done. It mm-hmm. was celebrating the Super Bowl. Um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. 
yeah, that was really unexpected. I didn't realize I was ninja at first, and then like when yeah. I thought about it, I was like, oh, Juju staring at someone with pink hair. That had to have been well, ninja. And there was a promo that Ninja released that basically he said, what's up, Juju? And Juju's like, oh, what's up, Ninja? And then everyone goes, Ninja's here. Ninja's here. Ninja's here. Oh, my God. Ninja's here. Like, it was really cool, actually. I thought it was well done. Uh, For me, it's going to be the Audi cashew one. Okay. Yeah, where the guy's like choking on his cashew, and then he—that was really good. It was, it was great. It was so unexpected. I didn't, re- I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And all of a you're sudden, you're sitting there. I, I was like, I feel like he's dead. You feel like I don't it. Know. Yeah. I mean, if you see your grandpa and you're just like in a random house, it's like it had to have been like he was in the afterlife or something. But that was great because I wasn't expecting the ending. Those are always yep. the good ones. I'm going to go with my third pick, the elevator car shopping one. Oh, that was good. That was great, where they basically were going down, 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 and it's like all the things you didn't want to do. And mm-hmm. uh, Who was the guy? Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah. Jason Bateman, and they're like, we're car shopping. He's like, oh, you're going way down. And there was like a vegan party, which the vegans were very frustrated with, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and like uh, the dentist and a colonoscopy. I thought that was really well done. It's oh, like yeah. car shopping is annoying. Use the Hyundai app yeah. or Honda or Hyundai. I think it was Hyundai. Yeah, I think it was Hyundai. That was, that was brilliant. I will yeah. say that. Um, for me, this one was just really unexpected, so I'm just going to go with it. The Bumble one with Serena Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was the first ever dating app one, and that was really good. I was so... It was about women empowerment. Yeah, I I was so thrown off by it, because that was was not something that I would expect Serena Williams to be, like... Well, it's woman empowerment. It is woman empowerment, but I'm just saying... Bumble has always been the favorite app of many people that do that, because... It allows the women to have all the power. It is. I, I just did not. That's something I would have never expected Serena Williams to actually be putting her face in front of. I don't yep. know why. It's just something like that. But it was interesting. Yeah. I'll give her that. I'm going to go with the uh, Michael Bublé Bubbly commercial. <laughs> where it's pronounced Bublé. That was Bubbly, good. Bublé. 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 So. I, like, I liked how at the end he was like trying to change it with the Sharpie. Yep. And stuff they like said, that. Stop. I thought he was signing them, which is the funniest <laughs> thing. I thought he was signing them and handing them out. And then he said, look, stop. And he was changing all the whys to eat. Yeah, I thought that was good. <laughs> Uh, last pick, Greg. Oh, when uh, first off, he was also calling the guy Davi. Yeah, Davi. <laughs> it's Dave. Uh, my last one is going to be the sprint one with Bo Jackson and the mermaid. Bo Jackson and the mermaid. You missed that one. I think it was like okay. So the guy, so the guy Paul, is like sitting at a couch with like the bunch of the robots, and they're trying to say, "How can we figure out how to get? How can we figure out to get?" people to know that sprint is just as fast so the ro- one robot's like bo jackson with a mermaid oh, playing yeah. playing playing a keytar yeah and stuff like that i just thought that, that was, was good you're that right was so random but it was it was great sprint does a good job man that was you're right mm-hmm. i'm trying to think because i have one but i'm trying to think if we missed any crucial big ones mm. um and I, I'm going to go with this route. The one that I'm thinking of that I'm not picking mm-hmm. is the seltzer drink mermaid one with Shark Tank. That was, Did the, you see first, that? That was yeah. the first one. Too. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I also really liked the Pepsi ad where it was Steve Carell and Cardi B. And is, is, Pe- and is Coke okay? And they're like, is, or is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Pepsi's better. Um, <laughs> but the one that I'm going to go with that is the best one that okay. I think I saw was Stella Artois. Oh, um, with the dude and the dude and yeah, Sex in the City, who she always orders a cosmopolitan, and then and, then, and uh, or she orders whatever she drinks. Yeah, and they turn around and run, like they bump into each other, and then he they're like, oh, white Russian. He's like, no, I'll try a Stella or twist, <laughs> and they get it, and then the Dosecki's guys there. Oh, the Dosecki's guy really yeah, threw me off. I, I on loved that, one too. that Stella commercial. That made me because it was like originally the dude um, posted something on Twitter. 
Jeff Bridges did yeah. that said like uh, like it was a picture of him in the dude outfit and he said back for one more and everyone's like or something like that he walked on camera put his glass down and laughed and everyone's like oh my god there's there a dude movie coming out yeah but then you realize it's for this commercial so he kind of sold out but at the same time like that was good it was. like that was a good Stella commercial where it's like all these iconic like I like this drink I like that drink and everyone's like oh yeah we'll get you your drink and she's like no I like a Stella and people are bumping into each other not sure what's happening like that was good <laughs> I mean the Joe Sakis guy kind of put it over the top for me the fact that he was like well that's weird and like he's holding <laughs> the Stella it's the same thing as like the Jared and Sprint and yeah, Verizon absolutely and, uh, no that was a good drive that was the a good one, call the girl. one honorable mention that I will say yeah. because I brought in the trailer stuff Jordan Peele with the Twilight Zone. Mm. That was great. I cannot wait for that. It's literally going to be Black Mirror. That's oh yeah. I mean, did you ever watch any of the old Twilight Zone? No, stuff? never. Oh, they but were I great. know, I know that people have said that Black Mirror was based off. Black of Mirror it. was based on. So Twilight I'm excited Zone. to see him be a part of that. Yes. Um, the other big notable trailers: Endgame. Endgame, yeah, did look good. Uh, all of the remaining Marvel Avengers together mm-hmm. was unbelievably cool. Besides though, besides Endgame, I don't remember too many like over the top crazy trailers. Um, they did the trailer for Captain Marvel. It was a new trailer that yeah. was cool. They did, they did Hobbs and Shaw, but I think they dropped the full Dude, trailer on Friday uh, though. So I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? Dude, okay, come on. Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham in a movie Yeah, but together. honestly, it shouldn't be called any of the Fast and Furious. But it's like, not. It's, it's Fast and Furious Presents. So when I said it shouldn't be called any of the Fast and Furious movies, and you said it's called Fast and Furious Presents, like Hobbs. Well, Hobbs and Shaw is the actual name of it, but then they're just pointing out the fact that Fast and the Furious is presenting it. Okay, so it's called a Fast and Furious movie. Eh. No, it is. It's in their fucking universe. Well, that's true because it's two of the same characters. Yes, I don't know. I I don't I don't like a Fast and the Furious idea. Like I don't think Fast and the Furious when it was really made was made to be like this. Oh no, it it's so wasn't. crazy. I don't know the way that it went. Kind of makes me annoyed because the second movie, like the actual racing, and it was amazing. Drift and oh, it was just so weird. But I mean, you make money. Yeah. And The Rock's the greatest, or the highest paid movie star of all time. Also, so. low-key Idris Elba would be a great villain. Yeah, actually, I'm excited for Idris Elba. Yep. He's dope. <laughs> Guys, it's been Two Beers Deep. Uh, we will be back Thursday with the live Facebook. Again, next Wednesday, we are at Scratch Moon Beverage. The Facebook event will be dropped uh, this Wednesday. But we are there. Come join us and grab a drink. Be hanging out. Also, have some stuff. wings. Never forget that. It is good memory, Greg. It is wing night. At Scratch Food and Beverage, so they will have wings. I think it's. I, I don't want to give you anything wrong. There's two flavors, relatively cheap. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, other things we got coming. Make sure you check out the funny thing about sports with Ben Fury. His podcast now on the Anchor app, soon to be available on iTunes and Spotify. Ben goes through basically some serious cases, such as the Steelers and Tony Brown situation, and talks about the funny side of it. <laughs> very comedic. Very good. Also dropping. Whenever Greg gets off his ass. Yep. The baseball podcast between Greg, Greg, and Dre. No name yet. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That'll be dropping soon. We have a couple other projects in the work, guys, as well as a video series about the NCAA from Smalls. Everyone, eyes to the sky. We got big things coming. Just tune in. Support us. You're going to love what we get you. What we get you. What we get you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been too early. Peace out. No, 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 no,